Welcome to Level Up with Sherelle and Danny. We're here to help you take your health, fitness, and mindset to the next level. It's time to level up. Hello and welcome to episode one of Level Up with Sherelle and Danny. I'm Danny. This is the amazing Sherelle. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm good. So for those who don't know me, my name's Sherelle. Um, I guess we're both allied health professionals. I work as a nurse, a midwife, and a trainer. Uh, and we're both just really passionate about health and fitness and education. Um, so what about you, Danny? That's right. I'm also an allied health practitioner. I'm an osteopath and a WBFF bikini pro. So oh, yeah, I forgot that bit. Yeah. <laughs> We're here to be as real, raw and authentic as possible because we wanted to create a platform, a safe space, not only for us to share our thoughts, but to interact with so many of you beautiful people as well. So here we are. Yeah. And I guess like over the years, we've both collectively built a platform around health and fitness. And we've both been through all the nitty gritty and um, pretty much going from Gen Pop, just starting to, I guess, where we are now. And I, over the years, we've really just sort of wanted to create something like this where we can share um, our knowledge across a platform uh, in an educational way. That's right. So episode one, we thought we'd get right into it. And it is mistakes made and lessons learned along the way. So we're all about being real and explaining our journey as we're going because we're here to learn and we want to use that to teach you guys as well. Mm -hmm. So yeah, this will be a good one and I'm so excited that we can uh, finally kick things off. And it's so interesting when you think about, I guess, all the lessons that you have (laughs) learned because looking back, even how much, I guess, your own philosophies around nutrition, training, mindset develop even in the span of six months, let alone a few years and how much you've learned. And you know, it just seems like yesterday that I was wearing a waist trainer and, and doing keto <laughs> and laughing about all the things that you do that no one calls you out on your bullshit and says, oh, that is just, what are you doing? You know, because yep. it's so, what's the word? It's so political, health mm. and fitness. You know, mm. there isn't one right way. There's multiple ways to do things and no one's essentially wrong. There's just optimal and practical. Um, but it's really not until you make these mistakes for yourself that you do realise that, I guess, how stupid you were being when you went through a lot of this stuff. Um, So starting off, I guess, training is probably the number one point that we wanted to go over to begin with. What are some of the mistakes in regards to training that you've made, Danny? Yeah, um, just before we do kick into the word mistakes, you know, we want to use that as a positive as well because that's how we get our lessons, from mistakes. Growing up in high school, if we got something wrong, we'd get our papers with a big red cross across it and an F and it wasn't very appealing. But I want to reward the fact that we have gone through this to then come up and learn. So, yeah. yeah. That's so true. Like lessons are learnt from mistakes being made so mistakes are not a bad thing they are they are fundamental to progress so you know we've made years and years worth of mistakes and in fact in five years time I'm sure we're going to look back and say I can't believe we did that that's right to something we're doing right now Um, so mistakes are there to be made and to learn from and it's it's only negative if you, I guess you don't don't learn from them if you just keep making those mistakes time and time again. Yeah. And I guess that's the main topic of this podcast is, you know, maybe identifying some of the things that are, um, you know, not complementing your progress, not helping you along the way, burdening your progress. That's right. So we'll kick it off with training because it's what we love doing, uh, what we do best. So... I remember when I started training probably a decade ago, 16 to 18, I would rock up to the gym, 
had no idea what I was doing. So nervous. I would pray that one of the instructors wouldn't look at me. Oh my God. Like I was, <laughs> or someone I'm, else in the gym. Or anyone. I was doing triceps. I'm like, I really don't know what I'm doing. Oh my God. So I'd rock up. The safe uh, exercises for me, jump on the leg extension. Can't yeah. go wrong. Crunches. And oh. I'll run around on the treadmill a little bit. And that was my go-to sort of workout for a yeah. long time. Yeah. Um, I did not have a program. There was no structure to it. I really just played it safe in the corner of the gym uh, doing what I know. So I suppose, yeah, that's definitely one of them for yeah. me. And we'll go over why these are mistakes and, and how what solution we can have after. Yeah. So no structure in the training program was my one for yeah. sure. And that's something I can definitely relate to in that I used to just go in and I guess freestyle it. I would just go in and not have a plan and mm. just roll around the gym and just do what I felt uh, I wanted to do on that day and what I felt comfortable with. And mm. I guess both Danny and I, myself know that comfort is not something that is supposed to be in the gym environment. You are there to push yourselves and that's the, what is a stimulus for change. Um, but yeah, freestyling, it was one of my many mistakes as well. And I think everyone goes through it because yep. at the start... It's not a mistake freestyling. We want people to go into the gym and feel comfortable and confident and enjoy going. No one enjoys going if they feel completely out of their comfort zone and they've got no idea what they're doing and they're insecure about how they look. Mm. No one's going to reinforce that and ingrain that habit if that's how they always feel. So at the start, you know, freestyling is beneficial. And sometimes, mm. you know, how cool does it feel just to go into the gym and just, you know, throw a few dumbbells around and That's do whatever it. workout? That's fine. But in the long term, I feel as though it is something you should grow out of or do um, in periods rather than consistently. Definitely. Uh, so freestyling in combination with not writing down the weights that I was lifting. So I'd put the pin in in the pin loaded machine. Oh, yeah, this will do, or just grab whatever dumbbells, um, even if it was just left on the machine before me. Yeah, I'll just do that as well. So not writing down weights was also another thing there. Yeah, not writing down your weights in the gym is one of the main common mistakes, I guess, women make because um, ego lifting is, is, I guess, you know, all the guys brag about how much weight they lift. Girls aren't notorious for doing that. Mm. It's more about going in and, and getting a workout or exercising. Um, but once you do start tracking your weights, that's when real progress is made because that's something that everyone refers to as this progressive overload. Yes. And that's, um, I guess it's a term that's really just thrown around, isn't it? Like mm -hmm. a lot of people say it and I feel as though a lot of people don't apply it or don't actually know what it means. So what's your interpretation of progressive overload, like in basic terms? So progressive overload, it's super important because when we go into the gym, we need to teach the body to rebuild stronger and to become more efficient. That's what exercise is. We're creating stress in the muscles in order for the muscles to break down and the systems and then regenerate and build back stronger. So if we are going into the gym doing the same thing over and over again, not really creating that stress, whether it be in the form of increased uh, weights lifted, you know, add an extra rep, maybe some sort of stress yeah. to be able to get the body to rebuild. Yeah. It's so important because it's like, you know, people rock up, they're doing a, a non-structured class, for example, which is fine, but it really depends on what level you want to mm. take it. And we're here to level up. So progressive overload is key for that. It's like wanting to learn how to ride a bike and then you jump on the bike once and then you go on a scooter. 
or rollerblades or a unicycle. It's not going to teach you how to ride a bike. Mm. It may feel cool, but it's it's not that skill that you're learning. Habit, yeah. Yes. So basically, if you want to physically change, you need to put physical stress on the body that's going to yes. enhance that change. Um, and that's the same with progressive overload. So like tracking the weights that you're lifting, making sure that you are getting stronger in some way, shape or form. You're doing more than you were the, the workout or the weeks before that session. Um, so it's always leveling up. It's always progress. It's always striving to lift more, do more, be more. Um, at the same time, I feel as though you need to be careful in that concept as well, because we've all sort of had that mindset of more is better. Um, and that's, that's, a, that's another thing as well, like quality um, over quantity should always be at the forefront with training. So mm. quality reps over the amount, um, because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how much volume you're doing in the gym if the quality of that volume is shit. Mm, that's right. Yeah. If you're work, walking out of the gym and you've still got some gas in the tank, get your ass back in because you haven't done it properly. Because people are like, oh, I just have so much energy, I can't have a rest day. Well, that's actually when the results happen because for those muscles to rebuild, we have to be resting. Yeah. The results actually happen when we've stopped yeah. after a That workout. was a big one for me as well. Like yeah. once I started really focusing on my recovery and resting and improving my sleep quality and all those sorts of things, um, you know, it's funny to look back in hindsight and say, well, of course, because muscle doesn't grow and fat loss doesn't occur in the gym. Of mm. course it doesn't. It occurs, mm. you know, in the 23 hours outside of that time period. Um, one of the other mistakes that I used to make in terms of recovery and everything was like burning the candle at both ends. So, mm. you know, not fueling myself appropriately or doing too much cardio or back-to-back -back F45 sessions and things like that mm. um, and not allowing my body to recover properly. Yep. So I guess that stems into nutrition. So mm. what are some of the nutrition mistakes that you've made, Danny? Definitely. Uh, with nutrition, I thought the whole less is more approach uh, would work regarding weight loss. You know, if I eat less, then I'm not going to store it as fast. Um, but we all know now, well, maybe we don't know that that's actually not the case. So yeah, less is definitely not more. Eventually we want to be able to teach our body to handle more calories um, and still get our body composition goals. Because at the end of the day, if we're lifting some heavy weights, we need that nutrition to fuel the muscle and just to get the body systems uh, ticking over and running efficiently. Mm, mm, yeah, like having that, that food as fuel sort yeah. of mentality is really important. Uh, something for me is like, I don't think there is a fad diet that I have not <laughs> tried. And I'm not embarrassed to admit that. Like, mm. if you tell me a diet, I've done it. Like, I've read the book on it and I've researched it and I've done it. And I could tell you all the smart people that recommend it. And that is just a huge mistake that just gets thrown around in fitness because I guess a big lesson for me over the, just the last 12 months is that there is no optimal approach to nutrition, just mm. a balanced and sustainable one. And mm. that's been a huge lesson for me. Like I've done the whole low carb keto sort of approach and then I've done the whole high carb approach and then I've done fasting and like everything. The only thing I haven't done is vegan and that's because I love meat, but <laughs> <laughs> I've done every fad diet and mm. So it's really frustrating now to, I guess, hear from other people that are stuck in that sort of way of thinking because I remember mm. so fresh what it was like to think that I couldn't eat gluten or I mm. couldn't do this. And, and the truth is you can. You can. Like, you know, calories are king mm. and flexible dieting is 
the most practical way to go about nutrition. Um, so yeah, having that that good versus clean versus bad food mentality. And, and even now when I work with my own clients and, and talk through them and they're saying, is this food good? Mm. You know, it's, it's, it's hard to reframe people's mindset because it is a learning curve to mm. overcome it. And that's yeah. something I've only gone through in the last 12 months, to be completely honest. Yeah, because the body doesn't know what actually is good or bad. The body just knows the nutrients that are coming in and how it can separate and then store and package those nutrients. Yeah. The labels good and bad are purely from psychology. Um, and there's actually no such thing as a good or bad food. Yeah. I suppose the rule is um, any food that we choose not to eat. If we're intolerant to it, don't eat it. If you're allergic, don't eat it. Everything else, there's a time and a place. Yeah. And there should be no reason why we are cutting out food groups. Yeah, instead of good and bad, a label that I like to use is like micro-dense mm -hmm. and like micro-poor. So like, you know... What are micros? Like micronutrients, so your vitamins and your minerals and all those things that I guess are still at the back end, like still as important as macronutrients. So we can't forget about our micros um, because they're really what makes the body tick. You know, our vitamins and minerals, they keep us feeling optimal. Um, so anyone can lose fat on a certain macro split, but it's how you feel as well that's really important. And especially, you know, when it comes to women's health and everything like that, like making sure that you're getting omega-3s and, you know, bone health, skin health, all those sorts of things are really important as well. Um, but that's a whole nother conversation. Yeah, this can be another whole <laughs> episode right there. But yeah, like that's something I think of. Like rice itself doesn't have a lot of micronutrients in it, but it's got a lot of macros, a lot of carbs in it, and I consume a lot of it around training and those sorts of things. So when people do say, oh, this is a bad food, I, I more often think that they're actually referring to something like bread or pasta or rice that just doesn't have a lot of micronutrients in it. But it's not mm. colourful. Mm, that's right. Um yeah, so I suppose nutrition can be a whole nother episode in itself. But at the end of the day, if you're not intolerant to a food, you don't need to cut it out. There is a lot of clever marketing and advertising that does go into these fad diets. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you don't know what you don't know. So yeah. it may work for the short term, but you need to ask yourself, can I do this forever? Because mm. the body yeah. has a smart way. If it knows that you're restricting your calories, lower, lower, lower. It's going to shoot out those hunger hormones. You're going to have cravings. And then you will eat because that's what the body wants yeah. for survival. Yeah. And I put up a post a while ago um, and it said, instead of asking whether this diet is um, going to work, ask if it's sustainable. That's because right. that's the real question. It's going to work if it's sustainable. You know, you need to adopt that mindset around food. And it's, it's really tough. You know, mm. like it's not an easy task. A lot of girls really struggle with that. Um, so that's, I guess, a barrier that we sort of hope to break down because it's taken us years, let's yeah. be honest. Like it's taken us a long time to, to shift our mindset around um, nutrition. Definitely. So we've covered training and nutrition so far and it's, it's um, probably easier for your guys then to say, well, they know what, what they're doing. But we've gone through a lot of trial and error um, and we do have mentors as well and coaches and yeah. we read a lot. So always ask for help, get guidance. Um, even the best athletes in the world have people helping them. So yeah. that's been a big thing to be able to shift our way of thinking and help educate us. Yeah, and we're still learning. Like That's I right. said, we're still making mistakes mm. all the time. We're still learning. We've, we have not mastered the, the best process or the best protocols and we still stuff up all the time. Mm. Like we're both, uh, what are we, six weeks post-comp now? So we're in the middle of our reverse diet. 
Um, and it's tough, isn't mm. it, Daddy? Like, it's really tough. Uh, we're both still still very much learning. And I guess we want to take you guys along for that ride as well as we do learn new lessons. Definitely. And, and that comes down, I suppose, within our values of why we have created this podcast, um, health, fitness, knowledge, uh, growth and authenticity as well. So... We're here being real, taking you along our, our journey as we're learning. So, yeah. And yeah. I think it's really important as well because, you know, we're both real people that try to juggle this health and fitness and competing, um, training lifestyle. So, you know, moving into work and business and everything, it's important that we share how we juggle our social life and jobs and things like that as lo- like a, to complement this mm. lifestyle is what I often talk about because... Um, it's a challenge and a lot of mm. people say, oh, well, it's easy for you because X, Y, and Z. And I used to be one of them. I'd be like, it's easy for other people that work in the fitness industry. That's mm. why they can compete, blah, blah, blah. And it's just not the case. Mm. Um, everyone has their own individual struggles and stress is so relative to everyone in what everyone's going through their own stuff at the end of the day. Um, so what are some of the business and work, I guess, um, struggles or changes or lessons that you've learned, Danny? Yeah, um, so I've definitely been a part of the whole hustle grind mentality. You know, you watch a few business podcasts and they're all about having three to four hours sleep. Yeah, and GV. It's Gary V. Like, <laughs> he's awesome, but there's only one Gary V for a reason because, mate, the bag's under my eyes when I tried to do what he did. Um, so I've definitely been caught up in the hustle grind mentality. You know, I'll hustle now, then I'll retire when I'm 30 and live life then. And it worked for a little bit. I got a lot of cool shit done, but then it catches up to you. And I suppose going back on that, um, the less is more with training, you know, be really efficient, but then you have to have that time for play as well. So going through that, I just burnt out pretty much studying, training clients from like 5am, but then the late sessions as well. I probably haven't met a trainer who hasn't dabbled in that, um, but you live and you learn. So then you start to actually give all your energy away to other people and there's nothing left for you. So I definitely went through that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So how I really got out of that was you learn how to say no, you prioritize um, and really plan out your day. I use Google calendars with um, my good friend Katarina. She's like the organizing queen. She got me on Google calendars. So instead of a to-do list, you pop all your tasks in a timely way. So at nine o'clock, I'm going to go to the gym or whatever. That's a great idea. I've it's never the best. Because you know what ended up happening? I'd have my to-do list and then all that would change was the top date at the start. So it'd be Wednesday. Or I'll cross it off and make that Thursday. Yeah. And then I was never getting anything done. So That's a great idea. Pop yeah. it on Google Calendar. Put the most important Google things Calendar. at the start of the day. And as the time goes, you go. And you can filter it around if you want. It's but a game changer. See, we're learning, mate, we're learning as we go. Game changer. <laughs> oh, um, speaking of the game changer. Here we go. Um, anyways, <laughs> what have I done? Oh, I guess I was very similar in a lot of the work um, mistakes that I've made. So working as a nurse and a midwife, as a mm. shift worker, um, it can be very challenging to juggle health and fitness in, in such a culture that, <laughs> you know, for, yeah. as health professionals, we really suck at looking after our own health. It's mm. quite fascinating. Um, and I, I found it really hard to say no to double shifts and extra night duties. And, you know, with late shifts and night duties, um, you have to make more of a conscious effort to 
eat well and look after yourself and prioritize sleep. And although people will often blame shift work, um, there is no blame in it. You just have to accept that there's challenges with it and you've got to work on those challenges more than I guess some other people would have to. Um, mm. And at the start, I neglected a lot of that. I neglected every part of that. I would just burn myself in the ground. Um, and it really did impact me on my mental health, my physical health. Mm. And that's something that I'm grateful that I learnt very early in my career. Um, you know, early 20s, I was already burning out and I thought, I can't mm. do this forever. If I'm, if I'm 22 and I'm burning out, mm. you know, there's no wonder so many people leave the workforce. Um, You've built up quite a following and, and even myself as an outsider, we actually don't know what nurses, midwives and, and a lot of um, healthcare people or anyone really go through until we see an insight and you've really shown your followers and shown us as well um, a little bit about that and it's quite remarkable of how you go about night shift. So what are some of your little tips really? Oh God, I could do a whole Another whole episode. <laughs> How did you get out of that sort of the burnout then? We'll, we'll leave it for now yeah, at that. Yeah. yeah, burnout, like it's a huge one. And it's not even just in shift work. It's in any, I guess, service industry. When you give so much of yourself mm. um, to other people at no cost of to yourself, and I guess a lot of people that are in those positions, in those job titles, um, they're a specific type of person. They like giving. They're that type A, generally bubbly sort of person that will give. Um, and you can see it in like a lot of the older nurses and midwives that they're burnt out. They're burnt mm. out on a mental point. Um, they've got no care left. Um, and yeah, it can be really taxing. So for me, it was when I went back to uni to do a postgrad to um, become a midwife. And I was seven days a week. Like I was trying to work full time as well on top of study and placement. And I did burn out. It took me probably like nine months. Mm. Um, and it was sort of, I developed sleep anxiety, which will be a whole nother episode in itself. But my mental health just really deteriorated. And it took me to hit that rock bottom to sort of pull myself out and be like, you know, I need to pull it together. And having social media and everything is really good for me because I like to lead by example. Because mm. I sort of think, if I can't do this, then what does, you know, a lot of other shift workers have mm. um, when they're perhaps not as motivated or as driven as I am? Yeah. So, yeah, it's a whole learning process. But I love having a platform where I can really just be open and say, yeah, look, night duty sucks. Mm. This sucks. But it's part of the gig. And, you know, people die and have babies 24-7. It's not a Mm. nine-to-five job and you've signed up for it. Mm. So, you know, let's work together and develop strategies to overcome it because I am just dead sick of reading research that tells me I'm going to die at the ripe age of 60 because I work night duty. Like, Mm. let's be proactive and productive um, and come up with some solutions. Yeah. Yeah, that's a big driving force, but it's taken... Like, I made lots of mistakes. I still make mistakes. I I still have to come up with new ways of of managing with shifts work and Mm. depending on where I am, every job's different. So, yeah, there's been lots of mistakes that I've made um, in my own profession. Yeah, so I suppose definitely, uh, as Sherelle just said, having that platform to share, but I understand that not everyone's as bubbling out going and, and would use that as their way of coping. So I suppose another strategy would just to be set yourself the task to just do something for you. I remember that was a struggle. One of my mentors um, actually asked me, well, what do you do for you? Mm. And I could not 
think of anything. They're like, when was the last time you had a bath or watched a movie or got yep. your nails done? And I yep. literally could not think of it. So that is one of my tasks now. <laughs> I still call it a task, but every week or every couple of days, I just switch off my self-care. social media, self-care. Mm. We need to have some time to fill up our cup. Yeah, you can't pour from it to an everyone. empty one. Correct. And that's, that's, it's funny that you say that because it's something that I do as well. So I've got night duty tomorrow and mm. I always book an appointment after my night duty. Mm. One, to get me out of bed after only three hours of sleep. But then two, it's either like my hair, my nails, not my nails, I can't have nails, but you know, <laughs> like my, my toenails um, mm. or a massage or a mm. facial or even if it's date night with Bay um, or the bathhouse with Shan, I always book something to look forward to that allows me to give back because we demand so much from our bodies physically mm. and mentally and you've really got to appreciate how much we do take from ourselves. Like, physically we've got to be so I guess proud of what we can do so you've got to give back to that you've got to nourish that Um, and that's sort of what I look through I'm like god I've demanded a lot from my body to stay awake overnight for three days I'm going to treat myself to a massage you know really put those pathetic penalty rates to benefit (laughs) (laughs) there you go definitely um yeah, so, and then once we fill up our cup and give ourselves that energy and love that we do deserve, we actually help people better. It comes down to, you know, how you're on the aeroplanes and then they're giving you the instructions on what to do in an emergency. And the first instruction is to put your oxygen mask on first mm. because if we don't have ours on and we're too busy trying to put them on the kids or our family members around us, we're going to run out of air. We can't actually help anyone. So yeah. put your oxygen mask on first. Yeah, that's true. I love that analogy. It's a really good one. Yeah. Um, and then I guess stemming from work and business and hustle, you know, we've got to make time for somewhat of a social life, don't we? <laughs> yes, we do. Um, so what are some of the social, I guess, lessons that you've learned? Because you know, we always harp on about how this is our lifestyle and it is, we live and breathe this, we truly do. But how do we integrate that into a social life and make sure that we're still building relationships with those around us and really fostering them? Yeah, definitely. Uh, growing up, you know, I wasn't the most popular kid in school. So then I sort of had that mentality of wanting everyone to like me and to be friends with everyone and all of this. And Again, that sort of fed back into me putting all my energy into other people, me putting my expectations and happiness into other people, and that doesn't serve us. So the more self-aware I became, I realized, cool, we don't have to align with everyone, and that's great. We're all on a different journey in life. Um, So then as I was going about my way, doing my own courses, um, putting myself in events that I enjoyed doing, I met like-minded people and to this day, I can just count the closest people just on one hand now Um, and then it became really about quality, one, there you go, one, (laughs) one, Um, quality, quantity, no, quality over quantity um, in terms of your circle. So Mm. it was really having to get over, well, I don't need to be everyone's best mates, but pick people that we align with and then uh, just hold them tight and learn from each other. Yeah, it goes the same saying as you're a product or you're, what is it, as the... Product of your environment. No, um... Yeah, the five closest people around you, you're a product of them. And if you look at who they are, like, would you be proud to sort of stand next to them and say yes? Um, So I can really relate with that. Like growing up, I have a really really big um, 
friendship group, um, so much as we call ourselves the RGs, um, coming from a small... What's the RGs? <laughs> They're going to listen to this a lot. What's the RGs? Um, rural girls. Oh, so yeah. I grew up in a small country oh, town. Geez. Yeah, the RGs. Um, <laughs> so, and, you know, I love I love my, my friendship group. Um, but we're very different now. Yeah. Um, but I still love being able to go home and catch up with a small handful of them and, you know, pick up from where we left off like nothing's changed. So just because I guess some of your friends aren't as passionate and driven as about these sorts of topics as you are, it doesn't mean that you can't be friends with them either. Mm, I mm. think that's really important because, you know, it's a part of you. It's not, you know, your entire be all end all. And it's, it gives you a lot of perspective when you catch up with, with um, other people who do have completely different interests as well, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, as long as you're staying authentic to you and not trying to uh, dim your light for anyone else That's like right. we need to know that we're not on different levels we're just on like other paths yep. no one's better than anyone yep. else we shouldn't have to try and change anyone else i remember um for a while i just wanted people to be super healthy and why are you smoking or why are you doing this mm. and who am i to try and change them if yep. they're perfectly happy in their way it's not actually my responsibility yep. well to an extent as a healthcare practitioner cool but I don't need to get upset over the fact that people aren't fitting in my little mold of That's what right. healthy yep. is like. Yeah, and that that I guess I'm I may be a bit of the opposite. So when I um you know I was a bit of a party animal when I was younger, and um, a lot of my friends still are. But when I guess I moved away to uni and found health and fitness and started working in the industry myself, that completely changed and. I struggled to show that side of me to a lot of my friends because it's not what it's I wasn't the Sherelle that they remembered and Mm. a lot of people would say to me the old Sherelle so I was like you know I guess this internal demand of who am I sort Mm. of is this Sherelle still okay Mm. Um, and it did take me a little while I guess to share that with a lot of my friends but now, like, my friends are so supportive and it really is just in your own head when it comes back to it. It's, it's just your own ego. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So I suppose um, as we've grown up and the lessons we've learned, it all just comes down to self-awareness. Uh, how am I behaving? You know, how am I feeling right now? Is it serving me? Um, a lot of people, we just go about unconsciously, you wake up, you do your routine, but we've been able to learn to self-reflect Mm, um, and then that's one. been a really interesting way to be able to change. Okay, I feel a little bit odd about something. Something. Um, can I change it? What can I do? Who can I ask for help? So mm. that's definitely been a tool through journaling or talking to your closest friends. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's been able to help change our mistakes yeah. that we've made. And I also believe that the further you are away from home, the stronger that your relationships become. When you are forced to move away from home and create a whole new friendship group with perhaps people that you wouldn't have associated yourself with growing up because you weren't in that environment. Mm. Um, those relationships um, do become really strong. And when, when you do move away, it's sort of liberating in that, okay, I am completely authentically myself. Mm. And now I have the chance to find people who do align with me. And that's, I guess, you are one of them. I put a post up today saying mm. that, 
you know, when I got into this whole health and fitness journey, um, I had no friends that shared the same passion. And at the start, it was really isolating. And that's, I guess, another social mistake I made. I thought that, you know, because I loved the gym, I was isolated by those four walls on my own. Mm. And there wasn't this sort of whole community out there that also Mm. shared the same passion being in a small town I just didn't think that existed Mm. um and yeah like I messaged you I hadn't actually met you went to Sydney for a weekend with you (laughs) how weird is it you know and now look at us it just goes to show that you are not confined by your environment you're confined about what you do with your environment Mm. or even on a bigger uh space we're only confined by our limiting beliefs oh yeah yeah definitely But as you can see, I guess we've both made a lot of mistakes in training, nutrition, work, social life, um, and we're still making mistakes, and we're still going to make so many more mistakes. That's it. Um, but, you know, it's not a negative negative thing. It's just about learning from them and sharing from them. And podcasts is such a cool thing to, I guess, get into because I listen to so many, and you learn so much from them. And I just think back to when I first started Um, you know, training in the gym and and learning how to count macros and even starting as a shift worker. If I had a podcast that I could listen to and learn some of these useful um, lessons from or just get an insight into, you know, you don't know what you don't know, Mm. um, you know, how much further could have we gotten along? Like. Mm. Exactly. So that's what today was really about. Just a little introduction, again, a bit of trial and error. Um, and just really showing how real and authentic we are and we want to be uh, to encourage you to be the same. So we're going to create lots of uh, space for you to ask us questions. We're going to be doing listener Q&As and just really get involved with you guys so Mm. you can ask the questions that we really didn't have someone to ask uh, back then. So exactly, let's uh, do a little run or a recap of tips that people can take away. So with training... What can they do to, uh, you know, enhance their performance in the gym? Um, I guess the first and foremost would be focus on quality, uh, exercise selection and mastering the basics. So a piece of advice that I wish someone had told me when I first started was find a PT or a strength coach and just do a few sessions. Don't You don't have to lock it in for the rest of your life and pay this fee for the rest of your life, but learn the basics, learn them well. It's the foundation and the building blocks to progress from. That's my biggest Perfect. tip. What's yours? Um, have structure in your workout and write down all the weights that you're lifting to be able to apply that progressive overload. 100%. Nutrition, bang. Less is not more. Energy uh, comes from food. Food is fuel. If you're unsure of what to eat, what to do, Whatever, get guidance. Ask a nutritionist, ask a coach, someone that knows what they're doing. Yeah. Um, Mine would be flexible dieting. You know, don't worry about all the other fad stuff. Flexible dieting because sustainability and consistency is king. That's right. Uh, In terms of work and business? Um, A big lesson that I've learned um, very much like you is learning to say no. Saying no for yourself. Everyone harps on about the power of yes, but there is a huge power in no. That's right. Um, and hustle grind only to an extent, but learn when to have a day of rest and recovery and rejuvenation. Yeah. Um, and I guess for social life, um, a big key tip would just to be yourself and don't be scared to be yourself. Don't be scared to tell your friends who you are and showcase your real authentic self. They will love you for it. 
Yep, and never dim your light uh, around others. You shine bright and then that'll encourage others to do the same. So thanks so much, guys, for um, tuning in and listening today. I hope the first episode has really resonated with some of you. And we would love to hear from you guys, um, whether that be any questions that you want answered uh, or any topics that you really want us to cover a full episode on. We would absolutely love it. If you have gained any value from this podcast itself, please do take a screenshot of the episode and put it on your Instagram story. Tag myself tag Danielle and tag the Level Up podcast Um, and yeah we can't wait for episode two so stay tuned